Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scuffins Podcast Radio Show, coming to you on this Monday, August the 31st, 2020. Hopefully this finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. It is about 2 o'clock here. I've been awake since 3.41 this morning, so I'm dragging ass for sure. I'm admittedly very tired right now, and I could easily just go home and take a nap, but I just cracked a cold brew because I wanted to get you guys a podcast today because I care about you, and we're like friends, even though hundreds of thousands of you I have never talked to, seen, or met in person. However, I do appreciate you watching uh, on YouTube and listening to the podcast and Instagram and Facebook and all the stuff that we put out. It really is humbling, uh, and I sincerely appreciate it. So it's on days like this where I'll gut through the tiredness to hopefully drop some important, valuable information on you. But before I get into that, a reminder, my homies at JLab are still giving away a free bottle of probiotics. I don't know how many there are left. I have sent out a shitload of messages on LinkedIn, email, Instagram, Facebook, and our newsletter uh, got the message today as well. But they give me at least 150 free bottles of probiotics to give out. All you guys do is pay the shipping and handling. Depending where you live, it's probably between six and like eight bucks, give or take. And then they'll send you a a free bottle of probiotics 100% for nothing other than the shipping. And it's about, I think it's like a month's worth uh, for free. It's a probiotic that I take personally. Uh, I store it in the fridge. Anybody who gets them, stick them in your refrigerator. The link right now is in my Instagram stories. It's in my Instagram bio as well. If you're listening to this and you hear this anytime close to uh, August 31st, I would imagine they might extend the deal and, and give away a couple extra free bottles if I keep pushing this super hard. So you might have until September 1st or 2nd. So again, uh, if you want a free bottle of probiotics, because gut health matters, because it's, you know, your gut is responsible for probably 70, 80% of your immune system. I don't see why you wouldn't jump on a free offer like that. I for surely would uh, if I didn't work with these guys directly. So that is my free plug to you guys today. Now, on to today's episode. This comes from my good homie, Travis Merritt, who, if you guys have listened to the podcast before, I've shared a lot of awesome stuff Travis has put out. Hopefully, the world keeps rolling the right way uh, in terms of things opening up, us being free to do, you know, cool shit like we used to do. Um, And I want to get Travis on the podcast. That's probably going to be like a two or three hour podcast for sure. He is in Texas. Texas is more Wild West than here, so I could either make the trip or he could or we could meet in the middle. But I definitely want to get him on. He was a part of my mastermind group uh, for many years. Uh, We have begged, borrowed, and stole a lot of things from each other. And this is a little gem he put out not too long ago called 11 Silly Things People Do When They're Trying to Get in Shape. And admittedly, I only read through probably three of them. Full disclaimer here. So if the other eight are terrible, uh, we can all message him on Instagram and his Facebook and crush him and tell him how terrible he is. All jokes aside, uh, I'm pretty sure these are all things that I agree with because we we come from the same school of thought in terms of fitness and nutrition and and overall you know mindset and the total body and well being. It's just uh, it's like your groups of friends, right? Like we all have these groups of friends in life. And they're in different buckets. And I'm not saying one's better or worse. But you know the friends you have that you can like, you just vibe with them. Like you can say anything. You basically think and feel similar things. It doesn't always have to match up, you know, directly. 
but you you you're cut from the same cloth, if you will. It's like I describe my friends who who listen to hip hop, like the, the true hip hop heads who grew up like I did on the old school like '90s rap. You know, Easy, N.W.A., you know, Dre, Snoop, Too Short, Mob Deep, Do or Die, like the real stuff, right? And you can put on a song like Shook Ones and everybody knows it. And you can talk about basketball and you, you all remember watching the same, you know, Bulls Sonics finals. Like it's it's like that group of friends, like for me anyway, it that's the people like I'm the tightest with. We we can say the same things, we, we think similar in terms of like material possessions and career and life importance and all that stuff. And then you have other friends who you know, I have friends who listen to country, uh, and I hate country music. And I have other friends who don't like sports at all, and I'm a sports fan. So it's like they're different buckets of friends. And what I'm saying to you in the roundabout crazy way is Trav and I come from the same school of thought in terms of fitness and nutrition. And I think all, in my opinion, quality health and fitness professionals think in the same realm because there's only certain things that work. It's not like it's not fad diets. It's not gimmicky shit. It's not crashing and starting and stopping. It's the things that are attainable and sustainable for the long haul. Eating real food, exercising, getting quality sleep, treating the body as a whole, the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional, not just how do I get, you know, six-pack abs? How do I get, you know, super tight glutes? That's important, but if we don't tackle all these other areas, it's all for naught. And that's what I mean by like, there's certain kinds of friends where you can vibe with and you think the same things. And then you got friends who are, are kind of crazy. They're still your friends. They're just like your crazy friends. And you put them in this different bucket. Or as we say, there's levels to this. There's levels to your friends. So Trav and I think the same about fitness. So I'm assuming all 11 of these are what I vibe with. And so we'll dig into them together here. Number one of the 11 silly things people do when they try to get in shape. Number one is thinking it needs to be one extreme or the other with dieting, such as keto versus, let's say, vegetarian. Uh, unless you have like a medical reason, the answer usually lies somewhere in the middle. And this is not a political podcast. I don't talk about a lot of that stuff because, A, uh, it's, it's not my expertise. I'm not educated enough on, you know, bills and certain things. I think what I think. I have my beliefs. I'm somewhere in the middle on a lot of stuff. I know a lot of people, you know, it's red or blue. It's all far right. It's all far left. It's, you know, pro-business or pro-life or whatever your thing is. I think most of us fall somewhere in the middle when it comes to that. And what I mean is in the middle, like logical, reasoning, seeing things from both sides of the fence, not, you know, demonizing one thing and not putting something else on a pedestal, making it like all incumbently good or all incumbently bad. I think that's a real narrow mindset to look at things and obviously you know there is the the people who are the the diehard vegans how do you know they're diehard vegans they'll fucking tell you that's how you'll know like you'll know within 20 seconds of talking to them oh i can't eat that i'm vegan you know and there's nothing wrong with being vegan respect i love you guys it's great if it works for you awesome but you get very territorial sometimes no obviously i'm generalizing here when i say that but it's true it's kind of like the crossfit community it's this you know kind of cult it's very oh i do crossfit like it's and there's not that it's the, there's beauty in that because they take this extreme ownership in it. There's beauty in the brand of it. There's beauty in the, the brotherhood of that. But they'll let you know. It's the same thing with people who are like the carnivores or even keto people. They'll let you know. They'll tell you they can't eat that in two seconds. Oh, I can't. I don't eat bread. I'm keto. Whether they really are or not is probably irrelevant. But they will tell you. The point being is you don't have to be that extreme 
to get great results. You can eat lower carbohydrates and get great results and still have cinnamon rolls and cereal every now and then. Like you can be vegetarian and vegan um, mostly and then enjoy a steak once in a while. Like I know the terminology is not going to fit there, but that can happen. I'm a fan of like a well-balanced plant personally. I think that works best. I'm not saying eat only meat. I'm not saying eat only vegetables. There's a Mendoza line in there for everybody and only you can kind of, you know, live in that range of what you feel comfortable with, but you don't have to cut out all carbohydrates to be fit. You don't have to cut out all meat to be fit or healthy. Most people, the answer to you being healthy, fit, and happy and finding a sustainable lifestyle lies somewhere in the middle there, in the common sense. Now, I have friends of mine who are who eat only meat. That's it. They eat no fucking vegetables. Zero. And they say they feel great on it, and it's amazing, and they, they, they're their healthiest. They say they look their best. They feel their best. Their blood work is, is the best, um, and it works for them. I did the carnivore diet for a couple weeks. I do eat mostly meat most days, but I also eat Brussels sprouts. I also eat spirulina and spinach, and I, I will eat greens. I, I have nothing against asparagus. Like I think it's a healthy part of a diet, so... I might err towards being more meat heavy, but I also eat vegetables. I eat blueberries, you know, damn near every single day. Uh, again, do I drink alcohol? Rarely ever, once in a great while. So my point is, is you don't have to be extreme and say, I can never do this or do that unless you have like a medical condition or reason or you're an addict and you know you can't even have one drink or you can't even have one cookie or whatever it may be. But most of us, the answer is probably somewhere in the middle of finding a balanced plan that gives us a little bit of everything so we don't feel like we're deprived and we're not driving ourselves crazy every day saying all the things we can't have. What we should be saying is here's all the things we can have in moderation and we're choosing to or not to have them depending on what our goals are. Number two, trying to out-train a bad night of eating. And all the people out there who you know, punish themselves for doing that. What I would say is don't punish yourself for a bad night of eating. I believe it creates an unhealthy relationship with food. And a lot of people do this. Now, I'm I'm not against doing like a damage control workout. We actually, on a, it's when our Sunday Metcon series comes out, which all the videos are done, by the way, everybody, we'll probably launch it sometime in 2021. It'll probably be the second program we launch in like spring of next year. I don't want to do it before that. If I have to, I will. But I think spring of next year, we'll put that out. And all the videos are just, they're disgusting. We still have to create the program around it, but all the videos are actually done. And uh, the Turkey Day one that we share, we call it, it's a thousand rep workout. I've shared it before on Instagram. Some of you guys have done it. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, It's dumbbells only, but we call it like, you know, Turkey Day damage control because we do it before uh, the Thanksgiving feast because we're all going to go home and probably drink booze and eat way too much until we want to shit puke on ourselves. And then we'll take a nap and then we'll do it again three more times because we're Americans and we're stupid and we overeat on Thanksgiving. Although I've eaten way better on Thanksgiving the last two years, specifically last year than I have ever in my life. And I actually felt uh, really good about it. So patting myself on the back there. But that workout we call damage control. I have no issue with that stuff. And if you know you're going to go out and eat pizza and, and drink booze and, and have fun with friends and family, I don't mind if you do a harder workout or even if you wake up the next day and you get a good workout in because you're using all of the, you know, the glycogen that you got stored up in your body and all the carbohydrates and excess sugars and those things. But don't beat yourself up about it and don't, you know, punish yourself, you know, by killing yourself to try to, you know, undo all the bad eating you did. I just, 
I don't think that's a healthy way to go about your relationship with food, and it really doesn't work. The calories in, calories out thing, uh, it's it doesn't equate that way. Like you, your body doesn't know you want to burn off only the the 900 pizza calories, but keep the you know 120 uh, Brussels sprout calories. It, it's that's not how it breaks down. So it's just like you, how you can't you know spot weight reduce. You can't pick like, oh, my legs already look fine. I want it to come off my stomach. It doesn't work that way. It comes off of where it comes off of. It goes on where it goes on. That's just life. If we could do the, the spot reducing and like slathering on muscle in certain areas, this whole fitness thing would be a hell of a lot easier. But unfortunately, it is not. Number three, overestimate what they can do in three months, but underestimate what they can do in 12 months. I've said this many, many times before. Great minds think alike. Doing a three-month crash program is great for the short term, but if the goal is to look amazing for years to come, that's not what I would do. When you do that three-month kind of you know crash course dieting stuff, that's like people trying to look good just for the weekend. And as I like to say, you know, it's, it's easy come, easy go. If you only sacrifice three months for something, how great can it really be? But if you sacrifice four times that much, it's a whole hell of a lot better. And the, the longevity of it and you doing something for that extended period of time makes it far more likely that is a sustainable, you know, pattern or style or, like I said, lifestyle you can do for probably the long run. So... I do think a lot of people do this in life. We, we, we underestimate what we can get done in three months. You know, or excuse me. I think a lot of people overestimate what they can get done in three months, but they underestimate what they can get done in a year. And that's people in general, I think. I think we, if you want to go even a longer time frame, we, we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in three years. And no matter how you look at that, I think that's kind of the culture we're in with like people want results instantly and they want it quick. And if it doesn't happen, they get pissed. And uh, I, I get it. It's tough. But that's why, A, I think you see the problems we have in America with people people being so unhealthy with heart disease uh, and diabetes and obesity really causing them to have major issues with not only the pandemic, but I just think just their fucking life in general because they're so unhealthy all the time. Because what they do is they'll be like, well, I've, I've been really awesome for three months. And they've seen some changes, but they think three months equals three years of hard work. And that's that's not anywhere close to reality. And it's, it's frustrating. This is my side rant here. As a fitness professional, when people come in, and I'm not saying I'm God's gift to anything. Like, I look how I look. I'm fit. I'm healthy. I look a certain way where you guys think I look great or I look like a bag of shit. It's your opinion. I'm happy with how I look with, you know, my clothes on. I'm happy how I look naked. My wife approves. Hey, life is good for me. But people will come in and say, Jeremy, you know, I'd like to, to look like you do. I'm like, I go, do you understand how much you have to give up just to like to, to be lean enough to have your abs even show a little bit on your body? Like how much fucking sacrifice and effort it takes to just be lean enough to where you have some semblance of you know, ligaments and ab definition showing where your body fat is lean enough, let alone to have like all of your abs show and have veins running through like your quads and your stomach and your arms and having your chest look straighted and splitting down the middle. That takes a ridiculous amount of effort just to get there for most people, let alone stay there for one, three, five, 10, 15, 20 years. It's, I'm not saying it's insanity, but it's really hard to do. 
And a lot of people think like that is just a, a process they can do for training hard for three to six months. And some people who have great genetics and an athletic background, maybe. But to sustain it is super, super difficult. And that's what fitness is. It's a sustained effort over long periods of time. That's why I say anybody who has worked in fitness for over 10 years, respect to you. Even if you're a complete moron and you haven't you know, learned a lot of new stuff, you stuck it out for 10 years and you stayed fit and you stayed consistent because that's the toughest part. It's one of the hardest things you can do because you have to eat right and train and get sleep and take care of your body day in and day out, month after month, year after year, over and over and over again. And that's what it is. So understand anybody listening, you can get in the best shape that you can possibly get in. You can be as lean as you possibly want to be, but it probably won't happen in three months. It'll probably take you closer to a year of sustained effort on a really high level. And that's why we did the podcast on the cost of getting lean. That's why I always say, is the juice worth the squeeze? What are you willing to give up to look a certain way? It's no different than anything in life. What are you willing to give up to become a doctor? Well, you're probably going to have to go to school for 10 years. That's what you're willing to give up. You're willing to give up your 20s, basically. What are you willing to give up to live in that $3 million house? Well, you're probably going to give up free time. You're probably going to give up, you know, vacations. You're probably going to give up, you know, being in three softball leagues and playing video games. Like everything in life, there's give and take. You can get it. You just have to ask yourself, is it worth it for me? And how long am I willing to put in the work for? And so again, a lot of people overestimate what they can do in three months, but they underestimate what they can do in a year of sustained high level output energy. And that's a lot for some people. Their stamina wears off pretty quick. Number four, thinking you have to do a certain exercise become one says so. If it hurts, don't do it, no matter what social media influencer says. This is true. Um, there's no exercise you have to do. There's no one exercise that has to be done. And people say, well, Jeremy, you say you should squat. I do believe we should squat. But we don't all have to squat the same. We don't have to barbell squat, you know, backloading. We don't have to barbell front squat. We don't have to goblet squat. We don't have to split squat. We don't have to bottom load squat. There is going to be a squat that works for you. Might be sumo squats. My point is, is that you don't have, if I say split squats have, have changed my life, that's what's worked for me. You might have some other issues, uh, maybe some, some knee issues, uh, ankle issues, hip issues, uh, some previous injuries, maybe your doctor doesn't prescribe it or you just don't get the connection you don't like to feel, then you don't have to. It could be lateral lunges. It could be reverse lunges. There's so many things you can do. And when I say lunges, it's just a dynamic squat, essentially, like single leg squatting, whatever it may be. There's not one exercise you have to do. Even if a person like me says, this is what I do and it works for me, and I suggest it to a lot of our people, I don't suggest it to everybody. There's a lot of people here who come in who split squat and they're great. There's a lot of people here who don't split squat or the way that we have them do it, it's very modified or we have them box squat or we have them do step ups. They do something different, but you don't have to do. Here's the crazy thing. You don't have to do any barbell work if you don't want to. And you can be super, super fit. Obviously some of the CrossFit people, they do a majority barbell work and it works for them. I do some barbell work. I don't think BJ Gador does fucking any. I haven't 
talked to him on the phone in the last two weeks, so maybe he started doing it. But we text quite a bit, we message, and the last time we chatted, he wasn't doing any barbell work. And if he was, it was like landmine-based stuff. He's not, you know, barbell deadlifting. He's not barbell bench pressing. He sure as hell isn't, you know, barbell back squatting. So the point I'm driving at is you don't have to do a certain exercise if it doesn't feel good. And if you don't like it and it don't feel like it works for you, then don't do it. Find something that works for you that you feel the connection regardless of what you see everybody on the internet or a coach telling you should do. Number five, going lightweight for high reps for fat loss. Fat loss, my friends, is determined by calories, not going lighter in the gym. I'm a fan of living in all rep ranges, whether it be light, medium, or heavy, and those are all relative terms depending on you, your strength, and what you feel comfortable with. But I don't believe that lifting light for higher reps is going to make fat loss happen. I think fat loss is going to happen when you're in a energy deficit, a calorie deficit, if you will. The macros are in ranges and you're training and getting quality sleep and all the, the things are happening. If you wanted to mix in your loading work uh, with aerobic stuff, you could do the Jen Sinclair lift weights faster, basically, uh, speed up the rest times if you wanted to make aerobic and loading, but I don't necessarily believe that's going to be more fat loss you know, dominant, if you will. It comes down to what you eat. If you, you can lift, like, I guess my point is I'll put it this way. You can lift light weights for high reps all day, and if you eat, you know, cookies and cinnamon rolls all day, fat loss isn't going to happen. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So I think we sometimes get hung up on the style of it. If you want the truth, if you want to lift like in the hypertrophy ranges for building muscle, or if you guys want to pick up the heaviest shit you can pick up relative to what you can handle for like, let's say six, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 reps, that might be a good place to start for most people. I do think there is magic around the 10 rep range for a lot of people in terms of uh, if you're talking hypertrophy, like to build muscle, if you're talking strength stuff, maybe five reps, give or take. Uh, for the average person, I don't think you have to go under five. I mean, I know there's like, you can go through, you know, five, three, one. Uh, you could go down cube method. There's a lot of things you can do, but I just know a lot of people, you know, on the office even, like they'll joke, like they go outside uh, on the prison episode uh, to exercise outside and they're freezing and Michael has weights in his trunk and Jim picks him up. He's like, what are those fives? And Michael's like, no, two and a half. So I'm going for tone, uh, not bulk. And it's it's comical when he says that because a lot of people, I think, believe that. Well, if I pick up heavier weights, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna gain all this muscle and I'm going to become, you know, way bigger and bulkier. And it's just not, it's just not true. It's just not going to happen. I have 10 friends who are males who lift heavier than 99% of you listening and they're not big. They're not big dudes. They're all smaller than me. And a lot of them lift much heavier uh, than I do because uh, they like it. But it doesn't equate to them uh, getting huge. Just like, you know, lifting lightweights really fast doesn't equate to fat loss. Number six, not eating enough protein. Protein, my friends, is good for more than just muscle. It's good for your gut health. It is good for your immune system, how it functions, your hormones. And many of you listening out there, I'm going to generalize here, so don't, you know, crush me, internet, women specifically, you probably need more than you think, and you probably need more than you are eating. Now, that's me generally speaking after working with people for 15 years on what they eat, but uh, 
Yeah, a lot of people undereat on protein for sure. I think women do more so than dudes. Dudes tend to as well, but women, uh, from what I see, typically don't eat as much meat as their male counterparts. And so for a lot of you, it's probably 0.8 grams to one gram per pound you weigh. I think that's probably more than enough. So if you're a female and you're 130 pounds, you probably eat between you know, 100 and 130 grams a day. That's probably ideal. For most people, what I say is if you can get over 100 grams, that's a good starting point, and then you kind of weed out from there. If you've been used to eating 30 and you go eat 150, you're going to probably have protein farts uh, for a day or so, and that's pretty gross. You don't want to do that. So I always say err on the side of caution for sure. Just like if you eat 5 grams of fiber a day and you go to eat 30 grams of fiber a day, odds are you're going to shit your pants at some point, and nobody wants to do that. So err on the side of caution, but I do think under-eating on protein is a problem for the general public for sure. Number seven, not eating enough veggies. Do I even have to say anything else at that point? Everybody listening to this, short of the vegans and the vegetarians, you probably don't eat enough veggies, which I believe is like four to five servings of, of greens per day, like four to five cups of vegetables each day. It's really tough to do. Unless you're, you work from home, unless you have your meals delivered, or unless you're like gangster on the food prep, which most people aren't, even I'm not. It's just too much work, man. And uh, I'm not downplaying the importance of it because I do think it's important. But especially now, if we can be open, I come here, I'm here by 4, like 40 in the morning. I'm not going to pack like a bunch of meals. And it's just like it's too much for me to digest, whether it be raw or cooked vegetables that much. So I'll eat probably a day, two legit servings of veggies, two to three servings probably mostly brussels sprouts and like asparagus and that and then i'll probably eat a serving of fruit usually sometimes two fruit servings but just depends on the day but even that that's like five and if i'm supposed to get in 10 i'm only halfway there hence why i take athletic greens every day again if you guys want to try athletic greens out hit me up i'll send you a link for 20 free travel packs always and forever, or if you're really on the fence, and well, Jeremy, they're expensive, I will send you a link to your front door. You can try them and see like, wow, actually, they're the best greens I've ever tasted. I know. Then I'll send you the link for the 20 free travel packs. But that's why I take Athletic Greens, for the fact of like, I even struggle with it. So if I can get my micros in, at least helps me cover the bases, and then I put the veggies on top of it. That works for me. But I know a lot of people really struggle with getting enough veggies every single day. Number eight, listening to too many people this creates the too many cooks in the kitchen scenario so listen to no more than maybe three and preferably three people who have accomplished more than you in health and fitness and nutrition that's where i would start there i'm not saying you can't like follow fitness people for like ideas and workout stuff but if you're following three people and they don't have their head up their ass, they're probably going to say very similar stuff. Uh, you know, friends of mine in fitness, we're all going to preach very similar things. It might not always be the same, but and I'm going to get a bunch more people on the podcast now, uh, especially here locally, because like I've just fucking had it with this. I'm in this sitting in this warehouse for 15 hours a day by myself. I'm driving myself crazy. I feel like an insane person. I feel like I only exist on the internet. It's like really weird. I'm, I'm glad I can finally now be in front of humans because it's just a weird space to be in. But the point I was driving at is um, 
like if I get, if I bring Ben Novak on the podcast, Ben and I are going to say very similar things in terms of food, in terms of training. Now he might do more strength or barbell stuff to me, uh, but even that, like we 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 share very very similar ideas on what we do. If I bring Nikki Metzger back on, like Nikki might be the other way. She might do more interval based, you know, hit style stuff, but we think very similar things. Same thing with. Lex, same thing with BJ, same thing with Hannah. It doesn't matter who it is. Like, we, we think very similar. So when you're following people, I'm not saying get three people who do all the same stuff. If you want to follow someone who slings kettlebells all day, that's great. But if they're intelligent, they're probably going to say very, very, you know, similar stuff as they go across the board. So follow three people who know more than you and who seem educated and probably have your best interest at heart and are sharing things that are real uh, and functional and things that you like to do, want to do, or aspire to do. Not uh, not the drugged out, you know, crazy shit that's just flashy and just full of nonsense. There's there's a place for that, for sure. But, uh, you know, if I was to watch, and I, I grew up on bodybuilding, so I'll always love it, you know, for the dedication, the sacrifice, not necessarily the drugs and the, the, the other stuff that goes into it. But, like, I'll watch, like, Dexter Jackson, you know, Every now and then I might click on his account and watch him train just because he's a freak show and he's like 50 years old and still just, you know, shredded to the bone. It's neat for me to watch. And uh, I admire his sacrifice and dedication. I, I don't want to look like that. I, I can't. I'm six foot two. My wingspan is six, four and a half. So, like, genetically, we're just, it's, it's not going to happen. And uh, I, wouldn't, I would never do the drugs to, in order to get there. But I watch it and I'm like, this is, it's neat. It's kind of like it's inspiring in its own way. But I don't follow that as like a, a north star of what I should do or what we should be teaching or coaching. It's just not, it's not my thing. So what I mean is like, you can't listen to too many people. Cause I get a lot of people say, Oh, I heard this or so-and-so so that I'm like, that's fine. But you have to pick your dedicated, if you want to say experts or resources that you stick with, that you think are sharing things that align with your goals. Uh, in reality, that's what I would do. Number nine, getting blood work done. Health or lack thereof is going to show inside your body probably before it shows on the outside. Sometimes not, but more likely. So if you can correct any health markers that makes losing weight and getting fit and being healthy and happy a whole hell of a lot easier. Uh, Like even for me, uh, there's been two times in the last 10 years where my vitamin D has been uh, not deficient, but uh, how do I say this? insufficient. So there's deficient, insufficient, insufficient. I believe that's the three levels. Any doctors correct me. But mine has been low twice in the last 10 years. Not in the last five years, but previous to that it was. No, I didn't know that. I lived in Arizona. I thought it was fine. But again, we stay inside a lot. I wear a long sleeve shirt, pants, a hat most of the times, and, and I work. So I was not getting enough vitamin D in my life, which is terrible for you because it also is like a, a hormone regulator uh, as it comes into the body. It, it plays a, a bigger role than just like of vitamin C, even though vitamin C plays a great role too. It's important and I was not getting enough. And so if you're not getting it through sunlight, you have to supplement it. Your body cannot create it. And so that was something that was a marker on my stuff. And without getting my blood work done, I would not have known that, which makes me more susceptible to getting sick. My immune system is weakened, all of these things. So I do think getting blood work done for you guys at least once per year, uh, at minimum, like at your physical, if you get done twice per year, I think that's even better, just so you know what's going on, like with your cholesterol, with your uh, triglycerides, with your liver enzymes, with uh, anything, blood pressure, you name it. It's just nice to uh, to go in and have them run all the tests, not just a blood work, but, but a full kind of breakdown to see uh, where you're at and how you're feeling every single day. Number 10. 
not tracking your numbers. Uh, this can be anything. It could be records of, of the weights you lift, if you're into that world, the, the PR stuff, or just like rep ranges of what you do. Um, I think doing that is going to keep you guys from using, always using the same weights, always doing the same sets and reps, uh, and it, it's going to keep your workout from stalling. Tracking your macros, like on my fitness pal, see what food's going in, what's going out, where's my proteins, carbs, and fats at, where's my fiber, where's my sugars. You know, tracking things like how many drinks are you having per week. I think that's a great one for a lot of people. It's depressing. <laughs> Maybe not what they want to do, but it is very eye-opening. Oh, wow, I had 14 drinks last week. Holy shit, that's way more than I thought it was. And is it like a real drink, like at a restaurant pour, or is it your pour? So if you had seven of your drinks, that's really 14 drinks. Things like that. Uh, I think are ideal. You know, tracking how many workouts you got in, tracking how many steps you get in. I bought this really cheap watch. It's somewhere around here. And people think it's an Apple Watch. It's not. I got it off Amazon for like 30 bucks. And it tracks my steps. And today, before I even started my workout, because I was up coaching this morning, I already took like 16,000 steps for the day. So that's a, a nice thing to just track and have a metric. And I think I, at that point, I already walked, what was it, like six miles? Just pacing around and moving, which is great. So... If you're not tracking, I think it does put you in a box. I'm not saying track everything and be, you know, neurotic about it and, and drive yourself crazy, but I think it's it's nice to have a record uh, to kind of audit if things are going well or if things aren't going well, what can you improve and how can you move the needle one way or the other. And then number 11 here. This is my favorite. Comparing yourself to others, which we know is awful because comparison, my friends, is the thief of joy in the house you live in, in the person you're married to, in the clothes you wear, in the body you have, in the car you drive, you fucking name it. Comparing yourself to other people's highlight reels is the easiest way to make you feel like a bag of shit and drag you down almost instantly. It is a lose-lose scenario no matter what side of the fence you're on because if you're doing it to make yourself feel better, that means you're putting people down and you're trying to raise yourself up by comparing yourselves to people who are inferior or not as good at as you are at one specific area, which is a, it makes you a shitty human and it's a terrible practice. Or you go the other way. You think everybody else is winning, they're doing awesome, they all look like you know Brad Pitt from Troy, or everybody's Beyonce, and everybody has the freshest car, takes the greatest vacations, they have the perfect marriage and the best kids, and your life just sucks shit. And we all know that's not true, but when you get in your head and you play that comparison game, you can convince yourself of damn near anything, and it's a terrible place to be in. So please stop fucking doing that if you are. Because at the end of the day, if we're talking fitness and health and working out, genetics are real. Um, they always have been, they always will be. Some people are luckier. In certain areas, some people are going to get abs faster. Some people are going to build the butt better. We all have something we're given. Some people are taller. Some people are shorter. You can build muscle quicker. You can be uh, leaner faster. Whatever the fuck it is. Some of us just have it better in certain areas. Not in all. Nobody has won them all. And if that person did, they are a unicorn. Awesome. Those do exist as well. But it's very few and far between. But if you're talking the physical body, you can't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 15. It's just not fair. Age range training is real. A guy can't come in here at 42 and say, Jeremy, well, you know, I'm, or let's put it this way. A guy can't come in here at, you know, 36, 37 years old and say, Jeremy, you know, we're the same age. I want to look like you do. I'm like, well, bro, it's not the same. Like I've been doing this since like third grade. I've been playing sports. I've been lifting weights since even before that. I had plastic weights in my, in my mom's fucking apartment. 
doing bench press, overhead press, and sit-ups, and push-ups, and bodyweight squats, and you name it, like, that's like when I'm in single digits, like, 8, 9, 10 years old, and then you take into account for the last, you know, really 17 years, I haven't missed a day of training, and have been lean, and built muscle over this whole time, like, you can't compare what you're trying to do today to what I'm doing, I'm like, I'm deep in the book, man. I'm like encyclopedia deep. You're just starting out on, you know, everybody poops. You're like you're on a kid's book. I'm I'm deep in the game here. And that's not saying I'm better and, and you're worse. I'm just that much further along in the education process. So a lot of you guys do that. You see so-and-so on the internet or people go the reverse. Oh, look at them. They're 22. They haven't even got kicked in the nuts yet. Life hasn't even touched them yet. They have no kids. They have no job. They're an Instagram person. They're genetically just lean and they're small and they wear these great outfits and they take good lighting and then they post a fucking video that they didn't really do and then they share it with you and then you compare it to yourself. After dealing through three kids all day, you got off of, you know, nine hours of Zoom calls and you're in your sweatpants and you ate, you know, a bag of your kids' chips and you feel like shit. Do not do that. That's fucking lunacy. That's insanity, you guys. Stop stop doing that. I don't, like, go to the park and play basketball and then, like, watch, you know, LeBron play and be like, man, I want to be like LeBron. Well, I'm not 6'9". I don't weigh 260 pounds, and I'm not one of the greatest, you know, five basketball players of all time. I'm just happy doing what I do on the side here. You have to approach it the same way. If we all did that and compared to everybody else's amazingness, uh, and, and looked and compared yourself to the one percenters in every category, we'd all feel like fucking failures. We just would. Like, you know, if, if you take, like, flip it around, right? Like, if if Jeff Bezos, if he's the richest dude in the world, it's got to be close, like $200 you know, billion. If he took, you know, his area of that compared to mine, well, he crushes me for sure. Now, if him and I, you know, get on the assault bike together, I'm going to beat his ass. He ain't going to have a chance. Like, then the roles are reversed. I'm the Jeff Bezos of the assault bike. He's just a bum on the street. You see what I'm saying? Like, we just can't do it. There's certain things you're going to be great at. There's certain things you're going to lag at. And on the fitness journey, there's going to be certain things you'll see that you compare to. And it's not apples to apples. It's apples to oranges. And there is no comparison. And all it will do is steal your joy. It's not fair to you. You can't do things like that. You just got to be happy with the progress you've made so far and work healthily and happily to change the things that you want to change. And the last one here, we'll give you a bonus quick before I go. If you're new to fitness or you're stuck at a plateau or a roadblock and you're trying to go to the next level, you know, get a mentor if you can to show you what you need to do, to ask questions, to uh, to follow their example, to, to guide you along the way. Because their experience is going to cut your learning curve by like 100 fucking percent, man. And it's going to speed up your results. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like standing on the shoulders of giants is real. Modeling the behavior of people who have done it before you is real. And you can learn a lot. And you can shave off a lot of time on your journey. And you can save yourself a lot of heartache and uh, pitfalls and and pains in the ass along the way if you do that. Now you have to actually do it and, and listen to them. You know, you can't, you can listen to my podcast, you can come into our gym and join it or, or, you know, join us for one of our programs online, but you have to actually eat the food, you have to do the workouts, you have to get to sleep, you have to put yourself in a position to be successful and do what's necessary in order to get there. But if you do that and you listen, you'll do things 10 times faster than I ever did them because I made all the mistakes, I did all the dumb shit over and over and over again. I had to, 
you know, for lack of a better term, take the punches in the mouth. And so I took the punches in the face for you. So you don't have to do them. That's why this podcast exists. That's why Instagram exists, our YouTube and all our free stuff. And then obviously all our coaching things goes super deep down the rabbit hole for you guys. So if you are stuck somewhere or you're new to the game, what I would suggest is get with a coach or a mentor, you know, and use their experience uh, to speed up your results and get to where you want to go a whole hell of a lot faster than all of us did who did it, for lack of a better term, the wrong way, or at least took the the crazy roundabout ups and downs to get to where we are, where you can kind of just streamline it and uh, GPS your way to success from all of our stupid blunders on our way here. So that, my friends, is actually 12 tips, but that was your 11th. Silly things people do when they're trying to get in shape. And if you find yourself doing those things, stop doing them and start doing the things that are going to get you the results that you want a whole hell of a lot faster than this crazy nonsense. And the, the stopping and starting is a big issue for a lot of people. So the one thing I'll say before I go is just consistently eat real food within your macro ranges, consistently show up and put an effort to your workouts, consistently get good sleep consistently do things to put you in a relaxed state and not be super stressed every day Uh, consistently foam roll and do mobility and fill your mind full of positive things and read things that are motivating to you watch things that are motivating to you fill the walls of your office or your bedroom or your house with things that motivate you or inspire you or that put you in a good mood that make you want to train and surround yourself by a community of people who trains and that you want to train with or a coach or multiple coaches or whatever it is. Uh, I just think the environment and the atmosphere plays a huge role in it and you guys can't control that. And that's just one thing a lot of people uh, tend to lack doing. Even sometimes the t-shirt you wear will make all the difference in the world. It just has a simple saying on it, you know, get your ass moving uh, or whatever your mantra is or whatever you believe in. Uh, do that and do it consistently because it, it really none of this really matters if you only do it once in a while. It's not what we do, you know, some of the time that matters the most. It's what we do most of the time that matters most. And that's going to take you guys to the next level of your health and fitness and, and happiness for that matter. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Again, quick reminder, our homies at JLab are giving away a free bottle of probiotics. All you got to do is pay for the shipping. The link is in my Instagram bio right now. It's also on my Instagram stories. If you hit me up within probably the next day or two, right now it is August 31st, 2020. Uh, I can probably send the link directly and then you can pick it up and uh, take it yourself. It's a probiotic that I take. I keep it in the fridge. Again, just as a reminder. And I'm a huge fan of gut health because as we know, gut health is responsible for at least... 70 to 80 percent of like your immune system lives in your gut so why would you not fill it with things that are going to make you you know have like a mike tyson like immune system so you can kick the shit out of any nonsense that comes your way and if you do happen to get a virus you do happen to get sick your body can beat the fuck out of it hopefully in a day or two and you can keep things moving simple takeaway so if you guys happen to be on itunes right now stop don't be a lazy ass Go to your podcast app right now on your phone. Scroll your finger all the way down. Drop it a five-star. Leave me a couple of comments. I truly would appreciate it. And if you guys do dig the podcast, share it on your Instagram stories. Share it on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Twitter. Email it to friends and family members. Share it like wildfire. I truly do appreciate it because I do think it can help people. It's all common sense information, especially in a world right now where we live and there's not that much common sense going around. Hopefully, 
Uh, my crazy brain can be the voice of reason for people to be healthier and take care of themselves because I think now more than ever it is important. And uh, with all the stress and shit that goes on in the world, I think this is a it's a great takeaway. And uh, all simple things that people should know, um, but if they don't, send it on over to them. So I appreciate you guys for listening. I thank you. Thank you for watching on YouTube. You guys are amazing as well. If you guys need anything or have requests or questions for the podcast, I'm happy to get to it. I got a lot of stuff in the queue coming here, so we'll keep pumping these bad boys out. You know, hopefully at a clip of like, you know, two, three, four a week. That is my goal right now. And uh, as we get guests on, we'll even ramp it up more and more. So if you need something, holler at me. Otherwise, until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love, people you enjoy, because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.